Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mark Topkin covers the Tampa Bay Rays for the uh, Tampa Bay Times. You can follow him on Twitter at TBTimes underscore Rays. So, Topper, uh, Lavelle's got everybody worked up here about the Twins possibly trading for Chris Archer. Lavelle, man, it's just a way to a little mis- misdirection play to go get some more cigars or something. I don't <laughs> think Chris, Archer's, Chris Archer ain't coming your way, I don't think. so. Uh, you, are they going to keep him? I think so, and that, that's kind of been the, the angle from this end is that, you know, they're planning to keep him. They actually told him as much a few weeks ago. I wrote that, and obviously, you know, there's everything in life. Certainly in baseball, it's such a change, but I, I just don't think they're going to trade him. I mean, they, they have what they feel is an incredible asset, which is four years of Chris Archer for $34 million dollars. Um, you know, and even you can do that math if you divide yeah. it up by four, how much that is per year, annual average value. So it would take a massive package. I mean, I even heard somebody say, like, whatever that they would try to get for Oda Rizzi, who has two years of control, they would want twice as much for Archer. And you just don't see teams opening up the door and making those giant trades of all the prospects. And that's how the Rays got him, if you remember good old yes. Matt Garza. The Rays got Garza from the Twins along with Bartlett, used them both for a couple of years, then traded Garza to the Cubs for a five-player package. And, and it's not always sexy, the number. It could be two players that are just really, really good. It doesn't have to be five players. But, you know, you get a better chance to hit with those five guys, and they got a couple of pretty good players out of that group. So I, I just don't see them doing that. I mean, they are trying to cut payroll. They haven't had luck doing it any other way. I guess if they got desperate, they could take a little bit less than they were looking for for Archer, but I think it would have to be a a package of you know some really really good players and multiple ones. Yeah, uh, the, the Twins are you know they're throwing around Kepler and Nick Gordon. That's not even enough, I don't think. You'd have to do I don't, more. I than don't that. think so. I don't think so. I mean, you might just throw the right to the Royce Radio Show in there. <laughs> well, that, then we might get Oda Rizzi. But uh, so what's what's he making, and what's he making, and do they want to move him? Uh, they don't have to. They so they'll they'll need a good offer for him too. I take it. Yeah, but I, I think I mean the owner wants them to cut payroll and and figure this one out. This is baseball economics here. They trade Evan Longoria, the highest paid player on the team, besides being the franchise you know, cornerstone the face of the team. They trade Evan Longoria. They lose like eight or nine free agents. I think it was nine free agents, including Alex Cobb, including Logan Morrison, including a couple of good relievers, Hunter and Ciszek. And their payroll is higher this year than it was at the start last year. So the GM hadn't done a very good job. Payroll went up. 
Boston what, cut uh, the payroll. What drove the payroll up then? Uh, just contracts uh, built, that went yeah, to higher raises, numbers? Built-in raises, the arbitration guys, and they had to take Denard Span back for Longoria. So Longoria made 13.5, Span makes 9, so the net savings was only 4.5. That got eaten up by a bunch of the other raises. But uh, just being a smart aleck here, but the point is they, they still have to cut payroll, and Oda Rizzi seems like the right guy. What I heard last night while Lavelle was – uh, Chase at the Richard train, which was obviously a very valid tip and, and good information, is that the Rays, in trying to be a little Rizzi, are trying to attach one of these hitters to him. So if you get a little Rizzi, you have to take Corey Dickerson, or you have to take Denard Span or Brad Miller, one of these guys, too. And then, of course, the Rays are going to want more back, and the team that's going to want to take that guy is going to say, I'm not giving you more back. Now i got to take this payroll. I want to give you less back. So it's a little complicated, but I, I do think they would move Odorizzi and one of those hitters. They still would move Colome, the closer. Uh, and, you know, Brad Miller, like I mentioned, I, they're trying to find a way to cut the payroll here. What uh, what are they what are they at now then uh, what a whopping uh, seventy five million or so right now Wow that's a little uh, and what's he want sixty five or something Yeah or... they, they won't say I mean they were they they started last year at seventy and finished close to eighty because they made those couple of moves during the year they added Cshek and Dan Jennings the reliever and Lucas Duda Romo they picked up a bunch of guys so he said you know he wanted it to go down and. Yeah, I talked to him at the Fan Fest over the weekend, and he said what you'd expect, which was we're not, you know, yes, I wanted it to go down, but we're not going to just make trades to make trades. We're not going to just give guys away. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess at some point, you know, it's not like it's a corporation with a hard and fast budget. He could also just tell them, all right, let's not give these guys away. Let's hope nobody gets hurt, and let's try to trade them during the year kind of thing. That's maybe what they do with Colome, because the only team that seems to need a closer anymore is St. Louis, and, and they don't seem to match up for whatever reason, which... St. Louis traded a couple outfielders is probably why. Hey, uh, Mark Topkins with us. Mark, so uh, what's, uh, what kind of team are they going to put on the field with, uh, without Longoria and some of the other guys, Logan Morrison? Yes, it's interesting. I mean, I think most of us have looked at it and thought, boy, they're not going to be very good. And then the computers over at the uh, Pakoda, Baseball Prospectus' Pakoda rankings came out the other day. They had these guys with 84 wins and getting the second wild card. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I mean, like you're like me. You think you know what you see, and then somebody with a computer and a different way to break all the numbers down tells you you're way off. So I, I don't know. They're probably somewhere in between 70 and 84. And, I, and the thing is, they do have some really good young kids coming in all seriousness, and they'll probably you know depress them back and keep them all at AAA so nobody starts their clock at the start of the year, but they've got a pretty good group there. And, you know, if if they were to trade a couple of these guys, and they had a little bit of room to work with here, you know, pick off a couple free agents for a million bucks or be, that are getting desperate for jobs, you know, and be, get yeah. placeholders in there. And then, you know, if they're playing well, start working these young kids in a little bit and see how that goes. You know, it's not out of the question. It's just going to be how many of them can they hit on them. And the Yankees did pretty good last year hitting on Judge and Sanchez and Severino all in the same year. I, I don't so, know if these any of these guys are that good, but it's interesting. So Topper, they had the nice run there, but it, it's it's got to be hard work to be a fan right now uh, in Tampa Bay, and they they obviously don't draw worth a dang. But uh, it's uh, you know all of a sudden you're you're kind of every year you got to get rid of people. It seems like. 
Yeah, and you know what? When you do it and you're winning, people are like, oh, that's cool. They got rid of Carl Crawford. They got rid of James Shields, yep. and they still made the playoffs. They still made the playoffs. I mean, they made the playoffs four times in six years. They had more wins during that period than every team in baseball but the Yankees. So they had a really good run. Yeah, now the question is, it's you know, the last year, um, excuse me, the, they made the playoffs in 13. So the next year was 14. That was the last year of Joe Madden and Andrew Friedman as the GM. They didn't make it that year. And then three years hence under the new administration, under Kevin Cash as the manager and, you know, Matt Silverman and now Eric Neander as the GM. So it's been four consecutive years now losing records and not making the playoffs. They did win 80 twice there, so it wasn't losing records by a lot, but yeah, I mean, you get spoiled. I mean, fans got spoiled. I mean, heck, you know, the media, you get spoiled in the sense that you're covering a team that's in it, you know, in it to the end or, or going on to play. So it, it's tough. The tenants have been bad. They did have some progress on the stadium, though. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask and, you about that. Yeah, Tell me what the yeah. update is. Ybor City, which is there's some cl- there's some bars down there to hang out in anyway. Ybor City. Not Ybor, Ybor, excuse City. me. It's only okay. Ybor City when you've been out late at night. Uh, yeah, right. No, it's it's in short, just you know, it, there's such a great parallel with Minneapolis and St. Paul and Tampa, St. Pete. You're you're the one market I love when we talk about it on the radio because people get it. And they don't they don't understand this in a lot of other cities, but they're two separate places that are connected, you know, by a bridge or river or body of water, and um, they each have their own identity. The Rays have been in St. Pete the whole time. Tampa is much more in the geographical center of the area because St. Pete's on the peninsula there into the Gulf of Mexico. So. They're going to move it. This site is in Tampa. It's on the east side of downtown, which is the Orlando side of downtown. And it's right on the edge of Ybor City, which is a very historic area. That's where all the cigar companies. See, I knew Lavelle. We'd bring Lavelle back. Yeah, right. That's where all the cigar <laughs> companies were uh, based. And a few still function there. And it's a very historic area. There's a great street with a bunch of restaurants and bars. And they're trying to bring the rest of it back. And downtown Tampa is undergoing a massive renovation by the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Jeff Vinnick. So, the, the chance to kind of connect all these dots is kind of cool. Downtown Tampa's going crazy, like I said, building, uh, work, work, eat, play kind of stuff. Uh, Ebor's getting a little bit of renovation. The historic area, the ballpark would kind of sit in between them. So that's the interesting part. Then, then you have the fact that they got to figure out a way to pay seven, eight hundred yes. mil for it. So that's going to be the big issue. And there's a little bit of a time clock on this because the deal that they struck with St. Pete, which allowed them to break their lease. As long as they stayed in the area, they had a three-year window, and they're two years into that. So they've got about 11 months or so, 10 months, to get this worked out to be able to make this move. So they've got to get this financing figured out. There's some big money business people that are finally stepping up over on the Tampa side. They're running a nonprofit and a website, you know, soliciting companies to donate. and or not donate, but pledge, you know, pledge, make a commitment. Sure. We're going to buy suites. We're going to buy season tickets, et cetera, et cetera. So... It's, I mean, I don't want to say it's their last chance, but, you know, if they're going to move to Tampa and, and under this current agreement they have with the city of St. Pete and the mayor there, they've got to make this thing work in the next, you know, nine, ten months or so. And it'll be interesting. I mean, the owner, this is how our job works. I'm driving Saturday after talking to the owner at FanFest, and I'm, he tells me that the guiding principle of the design is this famous sculpture called Bird in Space by Brancusi. And, of course, okay. I have no idea what that is. So <laughs> I'm Googling that on Saturday, and it, we've got it on TampaBay.com now, and it's just some sleek, ultra-modernist marble sculpture that sold for $27 million a couple of years ago. And that's the design concept, you know, just the, the, the premise of a sleek, ultra-modern-looking <laughs> thing. So I don't know, man. I know they got to make this thing work, though, because, you know, finishing last in attendance every year, 
And, and I will say this, to their credit, and, and I'm, yeah, I know you're not necessarily a huge fan, but to their credit, they're pumping another five mil or so in a Tropicana field this year to, to fix it up a little bit more and do some more work with the food areas, the concessions, the fan areas. And, you know, they're there at least another four or five years, even if this does approve, you know, this gets approved till they get it built. So they're, they're trying to make it work. You know, they're not just letting it die on the vine and, you know, making it miserable for people. They're trying to do what they can to increase the experience there while they're waiting to see how this works out. Hey, Mark, when does the – St. Pete can hold them until when, though? I mean, I know they can, uh, you know, they can find a new deal, but they can still hold them for six, seven yeah, more the, years. The original, lease, the original lease was a 30-year lease, so they've only yeah. played 20 years. So they've got 10 more years. It's 32027. So that's what I'm saying. The only way that they can get out – and this, this lease was written pretty ironclad because they yes. had a little experience with the first seven teams they tried to steal from somebody else. They knew all the tricks. <laughs> Twins were one of them. They knew all the yeah. tricks about getting teams out of leases. So this is, uh, we've been told, written as one of the best leases ever. It's not even called a lease. It's called like a use agreement, just so they couldn't even break the lease, quote-unquote. But, yeah, so if they, they've got, you know, till 2027. Realistically, you know, if they got to about 2022 or 2023 and still didn't have a deal somewhere else, then they, you know, a deal, excuse me, in the Tampa-St. Pete area, then they might just say the heck with it and play it out till the end, and then they can become free agents and, you know, cut a deal with wherever they want to go if MLB allowed them to move. But, look, this is, you know, it's, it's, as bad as the tenants has been, it's the top, you know, depending on how you count it, top 13, top 12 media market yes. in the country. There's only two teams in Florida. The fact that they both yep. have trouble with attendance is perplexing to a lot of people. But the TV money there, you know, there's obviously a lot of money in the area. It, it should work, and they've got to figure out how to make it work. But I don't think baseball wants to leave there. And then the other thing is if they want to expand – why let, just hypothetically, why let the Tampa Bay Rays move to Montreal and their owner get all the profit of this new great market when you could sell that as an expansion franchise and every team shares in the money? You're right, Topper. Hey, thanks for your time. We'll see you in beautiful Port Charlotte. Can't wait, buddy. Can't wait. We'll get Levar, We'll get uh, Lavelle to spark a couple up for us. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks, Tom. All right. See you. All right. Mark Topkin, Tampa Bay Times, covers the Rays, and we shall return. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Ted Potter. Junior. Magnificent performance. Two bogeys on the back, but still finished up with a two-stroke victory. Mark Kalkovecchia wins the Boca Raton Championship. All right. This is the first tie since the return of Sports Person of the Day. This is big. Uh, Ted Potter Jr., a chubby little lefty who uh, a lot of us were uh, deprecating him on the uh, Twitter yesterday, uh, early in the round, when he's out there with Dustin Johnson, one of the most sleek and powerful golfers of all time, <laughs> and Dustin Johnson is hitting it 50 yards past him. That's not an estimate. That's that's the actuality on the tee ball. This chubby little lefty, I suggested he looked like a guy who showed up every day at 3.45 p.m. to take advantage of the twilight rates at Chaminix. Somebody on my Twitter account said he can't believe he got four days off at Pep Boys to play in the uh, Pebble Beach tournament. And Such, 
I uh, thought he was a security guard at the mall, but uh, Ted Potter Jr., little lefty, just hitting the ball straight, hitting it in play there, made his putts. Fantastic. This guy's got a, quite the history. He's a lefty. He played on something called the Moonlight Tour. He won 61-day events, he thinks. Whatever it is, you show up and play one day, and it's it's probably a 27-hole thing or something. And then he was on the Hooters Tour, the uh, the four-day events, and he said he got he won seven on that, and then he won six of the three days, six or seven of the three days. And he also had two victories on the web.com tour. And then in 2012, he won the Greenbrier Briar Classic. But you see those two guys tee off yesterday. You're, you you don't think there's any chance Dustin Johnson is not going to win uh, <laughs> by, uh, you know, five, six strokes. Turned out just the opposite. 34 years old. He has a couple of nicknames, according to his Wikipedia page, The Wizard and the magic man. And he was both of those things yesterday. Wow. Uh, even though he once, when he first came on the web.com tour, the, uh, which is the backup thing, he missed the cut his first 24 times or something wow. like that. So apparently he runs hot and cold. His uh, caddy is a guy named uh, John Balmer, who's been with him his whole life. Big buddy is, says, yeah, we got to get him to the gym, maybe do a sit-up. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> he apparently just hits golf balls. So anyway, Ted uh, Potter Jr. wins at Pebble Beach, one of the best tournaments. It, fantastic. Four beautiful days out there on the Monterey Peninsula. And then in Boca, uh, the Boca uh, Raton Open uh, the senior classic over there this year. It had been the Allianz until this year. They uh, don't have it. They got the the city sponsored at this time. But Mark Kalkavecchia, of course, a great player, but has had a horrible uh, back problems and uh, has uh, been just playing terrible on the Champions Tour. Uh, ends up winning yesterday at Boca. He uh, was uh, fighting Bernard Langer down the stretch. Gave back a stroke on 16, and they were tied, and then uh, Longer made two straight bogeys. And he wins for the first time since 2015. And uh, you know what he did for his back? In December, he had a rhizotomy procedure, R-H-I-Z, or rhizotomy, I guess, a rhizotomy procedure. They burn the nerves in your back, basically. Ooh. to They can't fix them anymore, so they just burn them to kill the pain. Mm. And uh, he said, my number one difference is I'm not in excruciating pain for the first time in five years. Always a good guy, uh, Mark Kalkabekia, and a former uh, you know, a British Open champion. Won uh, 17 times on the PGA Tour, so a really good player. But uh, he's been, he's also uh, got him, he's gone up and down with his weight his whole career. And I saw him last year uh, up at, uh, I believe he was up, I saw him at Boca, I know. And I I might have seen him up at the uh, 3M Championship too. And he was fat and out of shape and not looking good and, and having a bad back. But he uh, looked a little looked a little skinnier. And uh, he was uh, hitting it uh, great, and he won yesterday, and a lot of people in golf happy. So they split the award. We'll have to make out two certificates. I yeah. don't know if we can afford it. Sports person of the day, Ted Potter Jr., uh, winner at Pebble Beach, and uh, Mark Calcabecchia, winner at Old Broken Sound. We 
shall return with a John Height Sports update, all the latest from the Olympics, because John is in charge of our Olympic sports desk. We got the right musical artist for this. Before we get into the sports update, Johnny, Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to Fancy Southern Cafe tonight, a delegation of uh, local sports writers who are down here covering the Twins because they report tomorrow. We report tonight. So Mm -hmm. Fancy Southern Cafe, it's near my spot. So the uh, appetizers are fried okra, deep-fried cheese grits, deviled eggs, Fried green tomatoes, frog legs, and pork spare ribs. <laughs> Which way are you going there, Manny? What you what you going for there? In uh, those, the cheese grits sound pretty good. The cheese grits. Yeah. What are you going for, Johnny? Uh, I kind of uh, I like okra, but I don't mm-hmm. have it often, so I I'd try that. Okay, mm-hmm. and then of course the soups. They got tomato. Who'd order that? But they got etouffee, uh, and then they got salad. But we don't worry about that. <laughs> Sandwiches. They got three sandwiches. The pimento cheeseburger. You know you're Southern when you got pimento yeah. cheeseburger, right? <laughs> Meatloaf sandwich is killer, and they got various kinds of poor boy. But here are the entrees. Chicken and waffles. Fried chicken. Just good fried, good half a fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Chicken pot pie. Then you got pork ribs. You know, you got, uh, you got barbecued ribs. Yeah. Then you got shrimp and grits. <laughs> crab cakes. Catfish about as big as Judd's head. Uh, country fried steak bigger than Judd's head. Meatloaf, which is out of this world. Pot roast. Liver and onions. And then a ribeye and a filet mignon. <laughs> and then you got mac and cheese, uh, boiled potatoes, uh, all kinds of uh, stuff. So, so what, wow. where are you going for the main course there, Manny? Run them by me one more time. <laughs> okay. Uh, country fried steak, meatloaf, pot roast, liver and onions, ribeye, southern filet mignon, shrimp and grits, crab cakes, catfish. All uh, crab, chicken, cakes. crab cakes. <laughs> crab cakes. Chicken and waffles. Yeah. Okay. How about you, man? Where, where uh, are you going, John? This is uh, an old, uh, as I become older, I've really learned to love meatloaf. Meatloaf. Really. Oh, and this is yes. the best meatloaf you ever ate, oh, so I might go meatloaf tonight. That sounds so, so good. <laughs> All right, fancy Southern Cafe. Uh, some good, easy on the tummy eating before the uh, before spring training starts here. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up right around supper time. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I don't think anybody goes on Rook's Metafast Diet. I don't but, think so. Uh, we'll have a good time tonight. John Height with a sports update. This update sponsored by Count Temps. Need additional help closing your books? Account Temps can find your right fit like bookkeepers or other accounting and finance professionals on a temporary basis and fast. Account Temps, a Robert Half company. Uh, Olympic news, strong winds forced the cancellation of the highly anticipated women's giant slalom. Still plenty of excitement in day three, though. Canada won the team gold in figure skating, and Mirai Nagasu became the first American woman to land a triple axle at the Olympics. Uh, Jamie Anderson, as we talked about earlier, won the slope-style snowboarding in some pretty treacherous conditions. German biathlete uh, Laura Dahlmeier became the first double gold medalist of the Olympics by capturing the women's 10-kilometer pursuit. And, Patrick, I did find the other gold medal uh, besides Jamie for the yes. U.S. It's yes. Red Gerard, the 17-year-old who won the snowboarding, the men's snowboard so we're, slope style. So we're kicking Heine in snowboard. We, uh, we're okay. in the lead for snowboard. That's, uh, that's what we do good. I want the half pipe. 
I want those potheads on the pot. <laughs> ah, that was a thrill of my Winter Olympics when we took one, two, three in the uh, first ever half pipe out at, uh, and those guys thought we were the biggest bunch of idiots in the history of mankind <laughs> asking them questions. It was great. Pat, do they have to give up the weed for the drug testing for the Olympics? Yeah, I think the half pipe, they give them a wave, waiver. You'd think they would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. They're not, <laughs> not going to have any competitors otherwise. I told you who my hero was, Danny Cass, who I I think one silver, if I'm not mistaken, but he's the guy you could just say, he says, is this the biggest thrill of your life? And he said, oh, yeah, man, I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> and then a little, then like the, a few months later, he got arrested for trying to drive a car up the hill at uh, in New Zealand. Oh, <laughs> he was at an event in New Zealand. Oh, he knows gosh. how to party. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I'm not yeah, walking my ass up that hill. <laughs> I'm driving. <laughs> Former gopher Nick Sealer will make his debut with the Wild tomorrow night when they play the Rangers. Uh, he's been playing with the Iowa Wild. I think he transferred in it for only a year for the Gophers. I think he started someplace else and was a transfer in. Uh, he the... he played three, I believe, or two. I'm sorry, with the Gophers. Okay, I believe he transferred in from Ohio State or someplace. He did grow up here in Eden Prairie. Won two high school state championships. The Wild took him in the fifth round of the 2011 NHL Draft. He played one season in the USHL after high school, enrolled at the University of Nebraska-Omaha after that, played okay. two seasons before Omaha, transferring. Okay. Yeah. I know. See, I know. I'm not there as stupid as I look. Okay. <laughs> uh, just so you know, I think you guys mentioned this, but Wojo says Derek Rose has cleared waivers, so... Mm-hmm. Next All right. Next I want step. him. I want us to get him just to piss off, just to <laughs> irritate Wolves fans. I love the way they get all, all <laughs> lathered up about nothing. Uh, Goose Gossage has gone nuts again. Goose is. I saw this. It is old yeah. age. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not happy with Brian Cashman. He blasted yeah. Cashman in an expletive-filled rant in the New York Daily News. He said, well, with power is what happens to you. You turn into a bleeping bleep bleep. Because they, invited, because, they, because they said they didn't want him in training camp. That's right? correct. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Contacted <laughs> later by the Daily News today, he told the newspaper George Steinbrenner is rolling over in his grave. Said that the late Yankees owner would have fired Cashman 10 years ago. <laughs> he said he'd have gone when he jumped out of that bleeping airplane. You think he's a good bleeping baseball guy, really? He doesn't believe in bleeping coaching. Oh, is there oh audio gosh. of this interview? I'm sure there is. Uh, oh. New York Post has a, their headline says, a, uh, a quote, disappointed Goose <laughs> talks to the great George King, a good friend of mine, about not getting an invite to Yankee Spring. You know what? I'm <laughs> disappointed. Goose, Goose needs a podcast. I think Goose needs a podcast. How old is he? Well, 66. Kenny, here's So is that problem. the age? I, I want to know what the age is, Patrick, where I can just start going off. <laughs> I don't know. All modern... He's one of those guys that all modern baseball players stink, and they aren't half as good as us. You know, oh. he's one of those. Guys. Oh, and, and he also right. thinks anything that has to do with the modern look at baseball is wrong. So, oh, like yeah. analytics. Yeah, well, he went after he went after Jose Batista yes, a couple of years ago for yeah. the bat flip. Somebody stuff. says somebody. I was looking at the responses here. Goose Gossage is a perfect fit in the Trump administration. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he could have, he could oh, fill in for uh, the. Uh, Press secretary once in a while when she Sarah has Sarah Sanders. She's, yeah, Sarah. She scares Kenny. I love her. She scares me so much. I'm in love with her. Seriously. What do you think? Belt or a whip? Would she? Uh, well, I deserve both, Pat. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm serious, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's tough. She does. Yeah. Her husband reports to work with bruises. Or yeah. Oh, she's not God. taking any of my guff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny. Thank you. you go bet. On that note, go home. Okay. The Ride with Royce now continues. It's time for Late Hits. Car's been fast since we unloaded. Um, got a good launch off pit road. Hit my shifts right and everything was good. Greg came over the radio in a really depressing voice and was like, you ran 46 flat. What are your temps? I'm like, Greg, where is that? He's like, P1. Like, oh, okay, cool. That is 24-year-old Alex Bowman, who is on the pole for the Daytona 500 next Sunday after yesterday's qualifying. And he is driving a familiar car here, even though he might not be a familiar name. He's in number 88, the Dale Earnhardt Jr. car, who Dale, of course, retired at the end of last season. And he helped handpick Alex Bowman as his replacement. And lo and behold, first time out. The guy is on the pole. He runs the fastest lap at Daytona and awesome. is on the pole for a Sunday. Hey, we'll have Bianchi tomorrow, by the way, we'll, uh, from Daytona. Uh, Fanucci is a five-year-old German shepherd out of Farmingvale, New York. And tonight uh, he was expected to uh, perhaps win his uh, classification in the Westminster Dog Show, the first night of the Westminster Dog Show, and which is on TV, and uh, I'll be watching it when I get home tonight. I always watch the Westminster Dog Show. But Fanucci had a hematoma on his left ear that caused it to flop, and co-owner Stephanie Schrock told ESPN that the ownership team elected not to show him tonight to be fair to the dog. And here is the incredible news on this dog. Fanucci, in 2014, they were on the New Jersey highway, and he fell out of a van going 60 miles an hour. Oh, no. The dog shattered. He was, uh, what, a three-year-old? It's a five-year-old now, so he was basically a two-year-old. The dog shattered his right rear leg in at least four places, needed a rod, pins, wires, and screws. And they thought he would never be showed again. But he recovered with the help of acupuncture and chiropractic care, physical therapy, and road work. So we were all rooting for Fanucci tonight to be the second straight German Shepherd, well, to advance and then to win best in show. But uh, Fanucci uh, is, uh, got, had a, uh, got bitten in the ear or something, somehow bruised his ear, and uh, the ear's flopping around, so they're not going to show him. That's too bad. Did you see what's happening on campus at the University of Minnesota, Manny? I have not. What's going on? Vesios is closing her down. Oh, He's no. He's been there 60 years. That's where Sid always took Bobby Knight to dinner and other people who visited to dinner. Vesios was his joint. Vesios was a great campus spot. Uh, but uh, after 60 years, they're going to be closing in March, so they'll have a lot of uh, people rolling in. Now, I heard that they got a uh, a couple's dinner going Wednesday night if you want to make a last call to uh, Vesio's. Uh, they got a special couple's Valentine's dinner on oh. Wednesday night. 
but a great uh, Italian spot. The one they had out on Excelsior Boulevard that closed in 2016. The big red sauce Italian restaurants are uh, struggling, to say the least, in uh, Vesio's. But here's the good news. State Fair, they're going to still have the booth right next to us where we, nice. can, get, where we can get our deep-fried raviolis. Oh, That's what gosh. counts. Yes. So, uh, so we'll, in support of Vesio's, we'll have to eat even more deep-fried raviolis. I have zero this problems year. with that. <laughs> with this year's Super Bowl. State Fair, our Super Bowl, but the State Fair. So, do you know that the State Fair draws more people every day than the Super Bowl did? Why did we give the Super Bowl so much publicity when we uh, got the State <laughs> Fair coming? Hey, finally, Justin Patton has been called up by the Timberwolves. Yes. Uh, we'll be there uh, for the uh, two games before the All Star break, at least. See, it'd be interesting if he gets on there and gets any minutes. I've been looking forward to seeing if he can give him 10, 12 minutes of defense and Towns can play a little forward maybe in those situations. Uh, I think that might uh, help him a little. I, I like the kid a lot. I, I like him too. I'm, I have some high hopes for him. I don't know if we'll see him too much. I no, think they just want to get him. I think they just want to get him up because the the Iowa Wolves are on a break right now, and I think they just want to yep. get him up yeah. with the with in the big the club and get him some and, some practices and whatnot. So, well, if they uh, have managed to uh, blow somebody out, maybe he can get on the field on yeah. the court on Thursday or something. Esteban Loiza, remember him? Yeah, uh, I saw he, this. He uh, he had a pretty dang good career. He finished second uh, in for the White Sox in the American League Cy Young voting in 2003. Went 21 and nine with a 2.9 ERA. Had 207 strikeouts. Led the league that year. He made 43.7 million in his major league career. He was picked up in San Diego on Friday. Uh, a two hundred thousand dollar bail. The San Diego Sheriff's Office, a possession of heroin and cocaine over 20 kilograms. That's a pretty big load of, uh, of uh, heroin and cocaine. Possession of narcotics for sale and transportation of narcotics for sale. I think he was uh, Mexican, right? I think he's Mexican. I, I believe think, so, yeah. I think he was from there. But I, dang it, I thought the Twins had him in spring training one year, but I can't find any evidence of that, and I forgot to ask. I thought It must have just been a rumor that the Twins were going to bring him in once, and they never did. But uh, uh, bad break for Esteban there. He got caught. And finally, Larry Fitzgerald Jr. teamed up with Kevin Streelman and made a route of the team portion of the uh, Pebble Beach, uh, the world-famous AT&T. They call it the National Pro-Am. You're always, you know, they always have a, a, either a big business person or a celebrity play with one of the pros, and you play with them for three days, and then uh, at the three different courses, and then uh, on the last day, the low 25 teams play. 25 teams make the cut. But uh, Larry Fitzgerald Jr. and Streelman just made a rout of it. I think they ended up winning by seven strokes. Wow. Larry is a uh, third. He played at a 13 there. Uh, but some of the shots they showed him hitting, eh, it looked like a little more than the third, looked, looked a, little light, a little less than a 13 there. But uh, congratulations to him. I talked to his dad today, trying to get him on the radio, 
and uh, to talk about the fun of playing there at Pebble Beach and winning, but he was on a plane heading for the Olympics where he's going to make some appearances for Visa. Ah, okay. That kid's going to be a success once he gets out of football. Yes. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got enough money in his pocket to uh, be okay when he gets done with football. But I think Larry uh, Jr. is going to be A-OK. He's got a lot going for him. I think we'll see him on TV a whole bunch. All right, we shall return and see if Manny or I have a daily complaint. What do you got, Manny? Anything? Uh, you got any burr under your saddle? Well, I'm just trying to figure out what the hell is going on with Colorado State's men's basketball program. You heard? Ustasey, remember the, What now? Well, Stacy, Stacy, he's been placed on administrative leave. Yes. And now, did you see what happened Saturday? They suspended no. his interim head coach Steve Barnes just a couple of games before their game against San Jose State. And uh, assistant coach Jace Hurl, I believe his name is, took his place, and they they won the game ninety to seventy nine. But it's like, man, you got your in, you got your interim coach getting suspended before games too. What's going on out there? It's crazy. Every uh, everything that happens uh, with the with the male gender these uh, days, we kind of suspect that it might involve uh, uh, behavior uh, surrounding uh, women. But I have no idea if that's true in this case. But does isn't that your first instinct? Uh, yeah. That, that that someone has accused someone of harassment in some form. Something's going on there. Something fishy. Yeah. Stacy's a beauty, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's 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 something else. That's for sure. What's your daily complaint? My daily complaint is that uh, they've started in spring training too early. God did not intend to have exhibition games on February 22nd, and then have teams leaving Florida on March 25th. People who come to Florida for their spring break vacation should be able to go to a baseball game, don't you think? I agree. Take a day off. Their their last game here is March 25th. It's idiotic, isn't it? I and, agree. And by the way, their attendance for these uh, spring, they're going to feel it at the pocketbook uh, spring training. They're going to feel it because not no not enough March games. All right. We will uh, do this again tomorrow. Thanks, Manny. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.